0: If you've seen the Oscar-winning movie The Wolf of Wall Street, then you'll know exactly who today's guest is. Portrayed by actress Margot Robbie, I was so excited to speak with the real woman of the story about her healing journey after being married to the infamous Wall Street wolf Jordan Belford in the public eye. Her name is Dr. Nadine Macaluso, and she's since become a licensed marriage and family therapist featured on TV and all over the news, and now helps other people heal from trauma bonds and narcissistic relationships. We talk everything about love, her new relationship, her new book, the Hollywood movie, and even Italian pizza. So stay tuned after the intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Okay, we are live. Welcome, Nadine, to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
1: Oh, uh, Thank you, Gloria. Thank you for having me on. Same here.
0: Yes. <laughs> and where are you tuning in from? So I am tuning
1: in from Long Island, New York, quite right a ways away. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I have been to New York some years ago, and hopefully after the borders work out, I'll come for a visit at some point. Please come visit. I would yes. love that. <laughs> Well, Nadine, we're going to be talking about some topics that really interest a lot of our listeners. And so would you please share with us exactly what you do and what you help your clients with?
1: Sure. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I own a private psychotherapy practice now for about 12 years. God, I'm getting old. And then I got my PhD in somatic psychotherapy, which really is a fancy way to say that I include the body in the therapy sessions, like even as I'm talking now, right? Gesture, tone of voice, all of those sorts of things. So the whole person is taken into account. And the way that I work is I did my dissertation on developmental or relational trauma, or some people call it attachment trauma. And we know how that greatly affects who we think we are. (laughs) But then we realize, wait, maybe this isn't our real identity. And so my therapy is about using symptoms such as anxiety or depression or relationship struggles, not to pathologize them, but as a way to go in to find out who you authentically really are, who the person is, who my patient is, aside from their symptoms. And so I love my work. I work with adults. I do not work with children. I have enough of my own. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I work with couples and yeah if you bring any mood disorder relationship issue into my room we're hopefully going to work
0: it out that's wonderful Nadine and I think it aligns so much with what we talk about on this podcast as well of looking deeper beyond the symptoms I'm also just really glad to see other therapists who are shaking things up in the industry it's really exciting to see you
1: Yeah, because, you know, psychology is hard. When you think about it, you have a heart problem, we look at the heart, we can perform surgery, right? And you can't really deconstruct, you know, these three pounds of tofu. (laughs) 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 It's a bit of a mystery, but I think pushing the edge of how we do our work is really important. because People are suffering and it's very painful. I really want to relieve them of that.
0: I absolutely agree with you. You know, I was looking through your bio, and I always like to stalk people on Instagram. I'm quite a lurker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I saw that you mentioned that growing up, your mother would ask you at the dinner table, is it nature or nurture? And I found that so interesting. Yes, yes. Was that part of your rituals, or what was that about?
1: You know, my mom, she grew up in London. And for the first two years of her life, she was in an orphanage. And then her parents came and got her. So I didn't find that out so much later. And so in the 70s was that humanistic psychology movement with Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow and all those sorts of guys and Carl Jung. And she was always reading it, I think, to learn how to heal herself. And so she implanted that seed into me. And I'd be like, Mom, I'm 10. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is what I wrote my dissertation about. And oh. we know that it is 60% nurture.
0: Mm. And for those who perhaps aren't familiar with those terms, how would you explain to someone what it means, nature versus nurture?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question to ask. So nature is, are your innate qualities. I mean, we're all born with eight primary emotions. So I would find temperament would be nature. So I have a very conscientious temperament. Some people are born with a more dominant temperament. And so nature is really what you're biologically born with. And then nurture is what happens when the environment interacts with that biology. And those relational experiences that wire your brain and body for connection to yourself and to others.
0: Well, that's very hopeful to hear.
1: It is, because we know the brain has plasticity, as you know, which means that it can change. And while we can't, let's say, really put new neurons in our brain, we can change the wiring, the connections. And that's what we hope to do.
0: That's wonderful, Nadine. I love to hear how you've brought that into your practice as well. One of the topics you originally wrote in about, you know, I jumped on it right away and did some research, and I know you've talked a lot about your former marriage with the wolf on Wall Street. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? I'm sure you get asked it a lot. You know,
1: actually, I enjoyed the movie a lot. It was very funny, and I had done so much therapy ad nauseum <laughs> on that time in my life, so... I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was funny. I thought it depicted Jordan very well. It was his movie. I mean, my character was very one-dimensional, but that's okay. Um, That's probably how he saw me in real life anyway. (laughs) Right? So, But I did enjoy it. And my main concern was that my children would be okay with it, and they are.
0: They are. Okay. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. You know, I get a lot of questions about the word narcissism. And I feel like... You know, maybe it's a double-edged sword. I don't know how you feel about it, Nadine. But from my experience, it's kind of become a catch-all word for bad relationships. And I think it would help to hear from yourself, an expert, on what that definition actually means. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, narcissism, it's so true because we apply it to way too many things. And um, we all need to be somewhat narcissistic to survive on the planet, right? We have to be invested in ourselves, And so the theme of narcissism is when a person really wants power and control and they don't really see people as people, they see them more as objects. And so there's two types of narcissism, grandiose and vulnerable narcissism, but it runs on a spectrum just like anything. And so people can have narcissistic tendencies, they can have intense narcissistic personality disorder or malignant narcissism, which is more at the end of like sociopathy. But where the research has really taken me, and I'd love to share this with your viewers if they're interested, is there's a term called the dark tetrad. And so what we've learned through research is that people that are very self-centered and out for themselves and exploit others, they will also rationalize the reason why they did it. And so the dark tetrad is a mixture of zedism, Machiavellianism, narcissism, and there's a fourth so basically what it is, it's a dark personality. And I think we've seen that, especially in America with Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, the Boy Scout leaders. So narcissism really wasn't enough of a term to define this sort of personality pathology. And that's how the researchers came up with the dark tetrad.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, because there's mixtures of the Machiavellianism, the narcissism, the sadist, and I don't know why I'm having a mental block, but that's okay, it'll come to me, (laughs) of this dark personality, that they have pieces of it. Mm. And it's very harmful to society. So it was my mission to understand this sort of personality because I want to know what they're about because I want to help people see them coming.
0: Mm. You know, I know on your website you identify as a wounded healer, which I think is wonderful. And a lot of us are. As you look back on your relationship that you had with Jordan, what was it that you were able to see only in hindsight when you were sort of out of the woods?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Boy, I wish we had all weekend, but (laughs) (laughs) what I was able to see was how my own early neglect, because I was not abused by my parents at all. They were hippies and they had me when they were 19 and 20. So, I mean, you know, that's ridiculous. And my mother would say that I walked and talked at nine months and how great that was. But what the research says, that shows I was neglected. So I think I was really longing to feel safe in the world. And Jordan's money and power and charisma initially allowed me to believe that that would happen for me, that he could provide that for me aside from the fact that I fell in love with him. But then I realized that nobody can do that for anybody. It was my job to do that for myself. Mm. Right. And so I used people-pleasing and over-accommodating to keep him happy as a way to covertly control him. And he was very dominating and into power and control directly, overtly, as a way to control me. And so that's why we were in a trauma bond.
0: It's so hard to get out of, and I'm so glad to see that you are now happily married, Nadine. Yes. You know, I think your story brings a lot of hope to folks who have perhaps been in a series of trauma bonds and on some level don't believe it's possible to break out of it. And I think you are a shining example of that it is possible. Yeah. What was it like being in a new, wonderful relationship for the first time, perhaps?
1: Yeah, definitely for the first time, Um, you know, I've been with my current husband, John Michael for 22 years now. So it was hard to trust, as you can imagine, after coming off of a very traumatic relationship. And it wasn't that I didn't necessarily trust him. I didn't know if I trusted me to not see the signs or red flags or overlook them. And that was probably one of the hardest parts, but we're really good partners we have a very raw, messy love. <laughs> okay, like I always say to my patients, if you don't dislike your husband at least once a day, maybe <laughs> but yeah, it's been beautiful because we've blended our families. He and I had two. And my favorite show was The Brady Bunch growing up. <laughs> so yeah, it's been lovely. And, you know, I became really let's just say obsessed with trauma bonds because I wish 25 years ago when I had first met Jordan that my therapist knew about that. Mm.
0: Were you seeing a therapist at the time? I was yeah
1: I use a lot more psychoeducation with my patients and to teach them about things that I've studied aside from connecting them to themselves but back then these terms were not available.
0: It's true like When we have words that describe our experience, it can really connect the dots. I find that so powerful. I'm glad you're able to bring that to your clients, Nadine.
1: Yeah. And also it takes some of the sting away in that these are archetypal themes of abuse or exploitation and greed and just not really being loving towards a partner. I mean, these things have been going on since the beginning of time. I think now in the zeitgeist of our world, we're naming it, and the emotional part of our brain loves categories, the limbic system. And it's very important because it allows us not to feel so alone, because there's a lot of shame. You know, I had a lot of shame in being in a trauma bond. You know, why didn't you leave? What's wrong with you? Why'd you stay? And for me,
0: the terms take away some of that shame too. Yeah, it's so true. It's easy to judge on the outside, right? Right but there's a reason it's called a trauma bond. I mean, there's so many unconscious roles at play that keep us there.
1: So many, and I was totally blind to them. I mean, at 22, you know, even though my mother asked me that question, I was no therapist. And, but in a way, I always say the wolf was my Buddha because I think toxic relationships also can force you to reflection because they're so painful, right?
0: I can personally relate to that. Something I talk about on the podcast is how I spent my entire 20s in trauma bonds before I found my partner and oh it's like almost tunnel vision, right? You yeah. start to believe that all partners and all relationships will end up that way, but it's not it's not the case at all.
1: But it's not. And yeah, I think that's a really important point is that you know, now we're talking about this so that Your listeners know, and they can Google the term, right? What is it, and what does it look like? And on my website, I even have a trauma bond checklist and a quiz that people can take, you know, to see if they're in one. Because you know, love is love is blind, as they say. Yeah, that's
0: it. Well, I saw the movie a long time ago, and I think what was also portrayed in the film was it just seemed to have all the elements of that thrilling, up and down, really roller coaster as well, which I'm sure was part of what keeps you there as well, right? It's just so much chaos all the time.
1: Yeah, so much chaos. And there's a term for it, people call it cognitive dissonance. Somebody will tell you something, but then your reality is something different. And, you know, you get spaghetti brain when you're with somebody like that, because you really don't know what's the truth, what's real. Mm. And for me too, I think there was a lot of grandiosity on my part, which is a part of narcissism to be able to think that I could even handle somebody like that. I mean, what was I thinking? (laughs) You know? And yeah, Mm. so there's a lot that goes into it. And so I'm just happy that my children and I made it out alive. (laughs) Yeah, and the movie did a good job of portraying that chaos.
0: Hey Bessie, just a quick message before we get back to the show. Are you a high achiever or entrepreneur who's thriving in your career but really struggling in your love life? You sound just like I was. I help high achievers just like you break the pattern of toxic relationships through inner child healing so that you can attract and create the secure life partnership of your dreams. Message me the words High Achiever to learn about joining Soulmate at ByGloriaZang on Instagram or apply directly on my website ByGloriaZang.com. Now back to this episode. What would you say is different about your current relationship? How would you describe it to someone who's maybe never been in a healthy relationship before? How does it feel?
1: Sure. That's such a good question. I love that. I remember exactly how it feels because when I was in my first marriage, I didn't feel like I had a voice or even if I had a voice, it wasn't heard. I couldn't put up boundaries and have them respected. And in this marriage, I remember being with my current husband and us well, was getting to some sort of argument about something, which happens. And me expressing myself my authentic self and him saying i hear you and i was like wait what did you what did you just say really yeah and that he could take in the information and then make changes or i could take in information about what he needed and then
0: meet his needs was very different it's a two-way street and that can feel so strange for those who haven't experienced before It's funny, my first healthy relationship, I actually ended up sabotaging because I thought, this guy's too nice. (laughs) Get out of here. That's so (laughs)
1: common, right? That we run away from sometimes people that are kind and want to be close to us. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that becomes that pursuer-distancer relationship. One partner leans in, the other one leans out, then they lean in, the other partner, right? (laughs) Right. And that's crazy making too. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But my husband has been very, very, very supportive. And a second thing is that what he did that was very different was that if he does hurt me, which is inevitable and I hurt him, it's going to happen. He validates the impact of what he did, the pain that I go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really one of the reasons why I left Jordan finally was it wasn't even just what we went through because he did get sober. But when I told him how painful it was, he was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Mm. And something inside of me closed. And I didn't know the word callous
0: back then, right? And that was callous. Was there a moment where you finally made that decision to leave?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there were a lot of little moments along the way. and. We had gone to a drug counselor for Jordan's drug addiction and we went for one session and then I came back the next day alone because he didn't come because he didn't want to get sober. And she looked at me and she said, if you don't divorce this man, you're going to get breast cancer. It was the way she said it, how she said it. Everybody was kind of placating me. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's crazy. And then she said, you need to perform an intervention. And then I said, I'm going to do that. And I did perform an intervention on him and he did get sober. And then a year later, I did end up divorcing him.
0: So it was a series of little moments. Yeah, but that was the big one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a thing to say. Yep. That woke me up. Well, I think it's great for those listening to hear because it's not easy to leave right away, right? I mean, in fact, you know, the statistics shows that it's never the first time and that's okay. It's part of the process.
1: It's part of the process because when someone is so dominating and you believe they can control you, but they don't, but they've almost convinced you of that, and it takes strength. And I remember, you know, when I was confronting him, and I just remember leaning against the wall and just saying, like, God, Goddess, whoever, give me the strength to do this.
0: Did you have support at the time when you were going through that transition?
1: I did. I had my mother, and I have tons of beautiful friends, and. During that scene in the movie where Leo punches Margot in the stomach, for me, it was different. Jordan had kicked me down the stairs. And so unfortunately, sometimes we need physical abuse to illuminate emotional abuse. So I think then everybody saw it, right? And was like, okay, this is out of control.
0: I'm so sorry that happened to you, Nadine. I didn't realize that part was real. Yeah, it was real. And me too.
1: But again, like I always say, we all came out the other side. My daughter's a therapist now.
0: Oh, is she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my son's doing fantastic. He's a musician and a writer. And Jordan's fine, and we get along fine, and people are human, and we make mistakes. And if we're willing to dig deep and learn about them, we grow.
0: Mm, I believe that so much. How much time did it take before you were able to be on better terms with Jordan? Yeah,
1: you know, well, we lived in New York and then I moved to California to be with my second husband. And Jordan was in jail at that time. As soon as he came out of jail, we were pretty much, I think it was a year later that we were on good terms. Ironically, even though we might have killed each other while we were married, we've really been great co parents. We really made a decision to put the kids first. That doesn't mean we haven't thought about things, but I would say, in spite of everything, I always say, if Jordan and I can get along to my page, come on, (laughs) (laughs) just your kids, you know, and we were able to get along pretty much a year later. Mm -hmm.
0: That's wonderful to hear. Yeah.
1: It's important for people to know.
0: Mm -hmm. That must be healing in itself to know that you're able to move on and have a different kind of relationship.
1: We do. And, you know, once you have children with somebody, they become your family, whether you like them, like it or not, you know, so you got to figure out a way to move on for the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Nadine, I saw that you have a book that's coming out. Is it out yet or is it on its way?
1: So the ebook is out and then the hard copy will be probably in like three weeks. We changed the title. It's called Trauma Bond Free. A Therapist's Guide to Healing Pathological Relationships. It's a great book because I weave some of my story to teach people the terms and what trauma bonds look like for the first 40 pages. And then the last 40 pages is all about how to cultivate self-love. And it's a workbook. So you can write in it. There's journal, there's exercises, there's prompts, there's meditations, there's quizzes, trauma bond quizzes. So it's very interactive. Because I always say therapists write books for therapists. <laughs> <I always laughs> those books. And they're not always great books. Just put that up pretty. It. <laughs> really pretty and colorful and bright and hopeful. And yet, you know, it has well-researched material in there.
0: Well, that's wonderful. We're going to put a link in the show notes below. I'm sure there are tons of folks who are interested in checking that out.
1: Mm, thank you, Barry. I really appreciate that.
0: Yes, of course. For those who are listening who are currently in a trauma bond or they suspect that they're in one, what would be your one piece of advice for those listening on how to get the help that they need?
1: So, if you feel like you're in a trauma bond, you probably are. And don't override that little internal gut voice that tells you that you are, because we'll kind of talk ourselves out of our truth. And then I would. Find a therapist. I went to Codependence Anonymous, which is free in the States. Mm-hmm. And someone who, to go talk to who can validate your experience and help you build the resilience to get out of it. Because you don't need to go through it alone.
0: You really don't. I love that advice. And so true. We have Codependence Anonymous here as well. And they've got a great website for those listening who want to check it out and find a branch near you. Right. And it's free.
1: And I went for a year, you know, every Tuesday night. (laughs) And it really helped. It really helped to hear other people's stories too. Again, to not feel so alone.
0: That's true. Yeah. Sometimes it really helps just to be a fly on the wall, right? And Mm -hmm. knowing that you're not the only one.
1: Yeah. And that you're not crazy. You know, your inner child is just confused Mm -hmm. (laughs) or is, you know, picking the same pattern or just not adulting enough yet, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a whole process of adulting, getting out of a trauma bond, taking responsibility for ourselves. I didn't know that you were in one for your 1220s. So God, you really...
0: (laughs) A long journey.
1: (laughs) long journey, yes. But we do get there eventually.
0: It's funny. I tell people all the time that with my current partner, who's awesome, by the way, he's a bigger empath than I am. And in these new relationships, I usually start off not liking the guy at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I hear this all the time from other people that, oh, there's no spark, right? Or there's a belief that healthy relationships are boring or not exciting. And, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this too. What I found is there is nothing more exciting than finding someone that you can completely be your weird, unfiltered self with. There's nothing more exciting than that.
1: Yeah, no. And there's nothing more courageous because to show up as you and reveal yourself and be fully vulnerable takes courage. Yes. But I'm glad you bring up the point about the spark because a lot of pathological love relationships or toxic or trauma bonds start with that big spark, (laughs) right? And we've been trained by the movies and songs that this is what has to happen, but it doesn't. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. You know, like the guy you find boring, or the girl you find boring, or the day person you find boring, might just be the right person. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Exactly. Give that person a second chance. Mm-hmm. I can totally vouch for that. I mean, for myself, when I think back, it took me several dates before that attraction started to build. And the thing that people need to understand is, it's not that you're not attracted to that person. But you're not used to the healthy kind of attraction yet. Yes. Right? You're used to this overwhelming, swept off your feet feeling. And unfortunately, that's not what goes into a lasting relationship.
1: It's not. It's not. I can tell you after 22 years of being with my husband, right, that that's not. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean there's no sexual passion, of course. But like you say, as someone reveals themselves to you, the sexier they can get.
0: That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. That's a great point. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up.
0: <laughs> well, Nadine, I have a fun question for you. I don't know if you're a TV kind of gal, but what's the last thing that you saw on television?
1: Oh, yes. I just finished watching Hacks on mm. HBO Now. So good about an aging comedian, how she takes on this young partner. And it's really good. Mm. Yes. I do. I do watch TV sometimes. Where is that uh, streaming on? That's streaming on HBO Go or HBO Now, the new HBO streaming channel. And I binge watched it. It was great. Jean Smart's in it, and she's so funny.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, I, do,
1: I like fun. Yeah. I like fun. <laughs> I can't do serious. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's what I say as well. Like when I, I think when I was younger, I like to watch really serious, you know, intricate movies and shows and now i just want to have fun you know life is too stressful enough i don't need that in my tv shows
1: right right. now i need therapy well i want comedies yeah and that's (laughs) really i've really enjoyed that one i suggest you guys check it out
0: you know there's a show that people have been dming me about and I, i end up watching it it's a reality show on netflix it's called too hot to handle oh all right. Yeah, the, the reason why people were—you might be interested in this too, Nadine—is it's a sort of a dating show with a bunch of commitment phobes. Oh, that people, <laughs> people were messaging me saying, "Oh my gosh, Gloria, you know, can you talk about you know attachment with this person, attachment with that person? I'm so curious to see what you would think because yeah. people, I think they yeah. actually bring a therapist onto the show to help them and. It turns out almost every single person had some sort of abandonment wound from their childhood. And yeah. it's just really interesting to see. Right. It's a fun yeah. show too, though. <laughs> I will. I'm going to
1: check that out. Right. They had probably some like avoidant to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. So no, I will check that out. That's great. That sounds like right up my alley. Up your alley. Thank
0: there you, you go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'll ask you about that later on. Nadine, do you have a morning routine? You know,
1: do I have a morning routine? Well, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I wake up and go to the gym and get my butt kicked by a trainer. Mm. Uh, Three and sitting all day, I need to do that. <laughs> I'm a writer, so I like to write a lot in the morning. So on the mornings, I'm not working out. I will usually get up and go to my desk. But now that the book is kind of finished, I'm not doing that as much. I'm an English girl. have some English breakfast tea. I'm very loose and see what happens. I don't really. Yes, going with the flow? Yeah, I just go with the flow. I'm not like I do so scheduled, really, because I think my days are so scheduled being a therapist, right?
0: That's true. I like it. And sort of it's an intuitive way of going about your day and seeing what fits.
1: Yes, I definitely live that way. That's how I move through the world.
0: Well, that's amazing. Is there like a typical workday for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely workaholism is an issue I have for sure. That's a compulsive behavior I own. <laughs> now my office is out of the house because of COVID in the States. And so this morning I got here, I had to use my little Roomba to clean up my carpet because I'm really a slob. I didn't want my patients to walk into that. And then I could see six to seven patients a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you doing in person right now or virtual? Yes, I am. Oh you are I am really <laughs> I haven't seen someone in person in a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just started that about three weeks ago and it's been really refreshing.
0: Yeah, I bet. So one last fun question, Nadine. <laughs> okay. What do you like on your pizza?
1: Oh well I love pizza i married a Sicilian and he makes homemade pizza. Oh, okay. so, and My brother actually owns AJ's Brooklyn pizza joints in Vancouver. Mm. And my sister's husband just closed the pizzeria. So we're big into pizza. <laughs> so I, I love mushrooms, onions, and black
0: olives. Oh, that's a unique combination. That sounds really good.
1: Yeah. Or my husband will make a four cheese pizza. I can't remember all the cheeses with arugula and truffle oil. Mm, so good. So good. Yeah. I'm a pizza girl for sure.
0: I love my pineapple. I think I, I grew up on Hawaiian pizza and I didn't know it was a thing that people didn't like pineapple on their pizzas. I thought that was just nuts.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: Now, did you say, is he a cook
1: or what does he do? Well, my current husband, he's pretty much retired, but he was a businessman, and entrepreneur, and hmm. we both just love to cook. And he cooks now more for me because I'm working more.
0: Oh, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Nadine, where can people find you? Whether they want to check out your book or, you know, look at your Instagram posts or resources that you have.
1: Yes. On Instagram, it's Dr. D.R. Nadine, my crazy last name, Macaluso, M-A-C-A-L-U-S-O. And then my website is simply nadinemacaluso.com.
0: Okay, awesome. We'll put that in the links.
1: Yeah, just DM me. I answer every single DM. I'm a really crazy person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're just like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would get along so well. Well, thank you so much for having me on your Inner Child podcast.
0: It was a pleasure, Nadine. I learned a lot from you as well, hearing about your story and your expertise. And I know for a fact, a lot of folks listening will feel the exact same way. Oh, thank you so much, Gloria. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Are you a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to attract or save the relationship of your dreams but your past emotional baggage is getting in the way? There's an intimate opportunity to work with me on Relationship Mastery coming up soon and I want to work with you. Send me a direct message or email me with the words achiever at bygloriazang on Instagram or hello at bygloriazang.com for email or check the show notes below for the links. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot. So thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in Bestie, I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a 5-star review, we'll send you my FREE Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage zang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah.